Long days and pleasant nights to you. Okay, so this one's um, Michelle Neaton. She's a friend of mine. She's very good. I do like a brief summary of her in the interview that I always do. But anyway, I just want to also praise you. Praise? No, that's getting an estimate on the situation. I want to apprise you of the situation, which is um, number one. Uh, I'm going to every other week with this, and I'm alternating smuggle buddies, then positive negative, smuggle buddies, positive negative, like, um, because doing two podcasts is a lot of work. I don't know how Kevin Smith and the McElroys do it. Uh, oh, they get paid for it. That's what the, that's what, that's the difference. But anyway, um, and then number two, uh, if you want to go to patreon.com, support the show, positive, go to Patreon, look up positive and negative, it's there. If not, uh, keep listening, please. Please, God. Um, I'm doing this for you people. No, I'm not. Um, but anyway, I hope you enjoy this week's episode with Michelle Neat. And thank you again for listening to this show. Let's get started. That's right, baby. I got coffee. Yeah. Okay, so. Um, you're Michelle Neat. Yes, That's that who you me. are. Yep. Um, you're a, an actress. Do you write? Yeah, you I, write. I do. I do. You know, you're a writer, actor, um, comedian, and so forth. Um, what else do you do? Um, I have been taking dance for a while, so yeah. I really enjoy dancing. Um, but I do that. I, um, I'm also, I would like to say, I do, I'm, I'm a big fan of, like, um, Film in general, filmmaking in general. Pardon my banjo falling down, but continue. Um, <laughs> there's a certain like, oh, how do I say it? There's a certain like thrill that comes with being able to uh, understand what happens on both sides of the camera. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, the just the appreciation of the technical side and then also like, hey, this is a really cool story. Right. Yeah. Understanding how, because I, I feel like um, as an actress, bef- actress before, actor before, mm-hmm. what have you, it was, um, it was like, I, I would always get a certain stress when things uh, were lagging on set mm-hmm. or I didn't understand why everything was so chaotic and then I took the time and I took some unpaid, I took some unpaid work as a production assistant and mm-hmm. then I eventually worked my way from production assistant to a producer and I produced on a couple of projects and I got then I eventually got to be like an executive producer and I I directed I eventually got to work my way I've only directed one film okay but I thoroughly enjoyed that experience and um the harder I worked on on Mm pre-production is um the better I felt about things because when there is of, of course like a huge chunk of creativity and the beautiful part of the artistic process is spontaneity yeah. and finding right. things organically but if when you're putting something together like a like a film project to execute it and execute it well mm-hmm. with um, in most of my cases have been limited resources pre-production is a must storyboarding oh, yeah. like crazy of course preparation 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 you can't just mm-hmm. like have a script have actors and just go at it you have to yeah. coordinate a lot of finite things um like line item budgeting that is a huge thing i'm a fan of because i'm like you have to make sure that you account for everything once you see all of your expenses laid out mm-hmm. on paper 
you can then start to really, uh, once you see all of the pieces of the puzzle laid out, you can really start to fit them together as best you can with yeah. the limited amount of money you have. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay. And uh, you're from Texas, right? Good old uh, Texas. Yeah. Yeehaw. Oh, good. Um, so what's what the what the hell is that like? Like I I'm, I've only been to Dallas once, and it was like for a, a, a church thing so it wasn't like a good perspective of what it's actually like so what's um, oh, yeah. isn't there a big film scene coming up in like Austin or something as well there's a big film scene here's the thing people right now don't take Dallas seriously and uh, Texas seriously as like a contender for the entertainment industry because yeah, I think Texas is widely regarded next to Florida as the laughing stock of America. That in Jersey. It's like Florida, Jersey, and Texas are the things we like it's easy to make fun of. Oh. If you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I um I used to open up with a if I would be performing at some place outside of Texas and I was doing any stand up, I my opener mm-hmm. was like, you know, I'm from Texas where our chief exports are bigotry and ignorance. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. But um, so there is a but uh, there's actually a really good film scene there in Dallas as well as Austin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a lot of a lot of films like Queen of the South just uh, filmed there. Okay. Uh, eleven twenty two sixty three. It was the J J Abrams. Oh yeah, series yeah, the Stephen King film thing. there. Yeah. Uh, sorry, J cool. J Abrams directed it. There's yeah. just been uh, ninety nine homes was filmed. Oh, very nice. Uh, in Austin, just. Across Texas, I would say Austin and Dallas are the two areas that are just big things are happening. Where it's like a, of course they're not going to be at the level uh, that California and New York are going to be not, because yeah. we haven't even been like a, a part of the United States as long as they have. Like it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a process that we're slowly building. I'd say we're a little bit behind there in Texas. Yeah, I mean, I feel like. The- you can like something but still be aware of its flaws. I mean, otherwise marriages wouldn't work, you know. But do marriages really work? Yeah, yeah my, my parents are happy. And you know what? So, right. like, some of them do, I some say, of them don't. I say, I, 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 I take that back. You know, that I do believe, as, as cynical as I am, yeah. I'm, I would say I'm the most optimistic cynic you'll meet. Because I am very... Oh, are you no, no, biting I'm, your tongue? No, I'm waiting for you to finish your sentence. Because you're very, and then you Like, just I'm up. also very, like, I can, like, I am uh, quite negative sometimes, but I mm-hmm. also try to um, not live in a, such, I'm just trying to t- bully myself into being, like, happier. <laughs> <laughs> Be happy, god damn it, otherwise I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to kick your ass to myself in the mirror as I hold up two fists. Uh, yeah, that's 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 the healthy way of going about that. Have you been beating yourself again, Michelle? No, I swear, I just ran no, I into just, a door. I fell, yeah, I fell down some metaphorical stairs. Ugh. It's all right. We're fine. Um, but yeah, no, um, so uh, based off of that, I assume your parents aren't together. Oh, my God, no. Okay. And thank goodness. And you're <laughs> Thank goodness, because it's like, um... Yeah. They, it's oil and water. They don't go So they together. are separated. Yeah. They are separated. Yep. They were... That shit... That shit uh, never happened in the first place. Thank you. Like, I thank them for creating me and... Yeah. Apart, they're dynamite. Yeah. Together... Just a waste. Yeah. I just want to 
Mm, fuck that. Okay, um, and so, because of that, do you think that, that shaped your desire to go into the arts, like, early on? Because, like, it's a very, very common theme, like, like eighty percent of actors tumultuous childhood. Well, like like they uh, like eighty percent of actors don't have parents that are that that they have parents that are divorced. Like a good chunk of. Mm, that. I would say, them being divorced. The fact that they are divorced is not the sole reason I went oh. to the arts, but everything. It's a combination of like everything that happened because yeah. it was. Um, I had anything but a like normal, steady, complacent childhood. It yeah. was. Goddamn bananas. <laughs> okay. Buh fucking bananas. And so I. P A N A N A S. Yes, thank you, Gwen Stefani, for. Yeah, so, um, what do you mean by that, though? Like, you're, they, they split up, obviously, but before the visit. Before that, was that there... it was a lot of fighting. Um, okay. There was a lot, uh, there was a domestic abuse, oh, both awesome. to me and my mother. And I would like to preference, like, my mother yeah. wasn't the one doing it, but it was my father, and I would yeah. like to, and so there was a lot of, there was a lot of shit, like, um, my dad worked for the airline when I was younger, and no. so when I was, like, six years old, I was, uh, my mom didn't tell us what we were doing, she packed our bags, and she took us, and she put us on an airplane, and we flew to Pennsylvania, <laughs> didn't say a, a word to my dad, and huh. I understand it was a toxic situation for her, and he still had a... And she was just trying to do the best she can, but mm-hmm. I resent that because it was really hard, even though that yeah. a lot of people, unless they've personally experienced something like that, it's really hard for them to understand being a child stuck in that situation because you, as a child, I love my, I loved my father, this, like, un, what is the word I'm looking for? Unconditionally. Yeah. I loved him, and I love him, I say that. Yeah. I love him, and here's the thing. Somebody is capable of change, and the only reason that I know that that's truly a thing is because my dad did a complete 180. He recognized there was something in himself that he wanted to fix, and he wanted to be a better man, and Mm -hmm. he became a better man. And so now he and I have a good relationship, but early on in my childhood, it was chaos. I remember what really opened the can of worms and drew attention to the fact that there was abuse going on. My home is, uh, my dad was, like, yelling at me, and he got in my face one day, and it was, like, when I was in fourth grade, um... I was really upset, and I walked in, and my teacher, Mrs. Ward, um, asked me why I was upset, and I told him, uh, I not told him, sorry, I told her pretty much everything that had been going on, you yeah. know, my, um, we moved back from Pennsylvania, my mom left my dad, and I just, it, it was a lot to take on, and my parents are really young, mm-hmm. so... I've been kind of like in my childhood. I just kind of had to piece together things for myself. My sister acted more as, acted really more of a mom. Like she was mm-hmm. responsible and level headed, and she's not even that much older than me. Mm-hmm. She's eighteen months older than me. Mm-hmm. So just so much chaos going on when I was younger. Even as like a, I don't remember this part, but like as a child, I just think it's a common theme. Like my mom didn't have it steady. Yeah. When she was young, she had some really evil shit happen to her right before she met my dad. And yeah. I feel like they got together because she felt he was safe. And then she got mm-hmm. pregnant, so they got married. Yeah. Um, that seems to kind of be often the case. Like, just with uh, people getting together. And just like, it, it seems so, like, bizarrely happenstantial, you know what I mean? Like. I Yeah, I definitely. Um, I definitely agree with that, and that's why I'm very weary of, um, 
I try to make sure that if I engage in a relationship with someone or if I make someone a significant other, yeah. I make I try to make sure that the, like logically it is because love is not logical. Let me say that. I, yeah, is I think we're all in agreement there. But um, obviously there is some logic you can bring to it. Like yeah, yeah it's like um, just because I think someone's attractive doesn't mean that I'm gonna be there. Maybe it's just a wham, yeah. bam, thank you, ma'am situation. Yep situation and i think it's also um you kind of have to come to the realization that um often people are right for you at certain times in your life and then they're wrong for you later on if that makes sense like either because people are constantly um sorry constantly changing and because of that there's no consistency in life and so you what you have to do if you're going to make that commitment is you have to have the understanding that you're going to commit to change with a person and that's very scary and very difficult to do because because that's just like that is a huge commitment um just in general um but i think the idea of people being right for people at certain times of their life is a big important thing and you have and that goes for not just like romantic relationships, but also like friends and stuff. Because I've, I've friends that I've kind of like people will probably say like drift apart, but like we still like each other. It's not like there's animosity there. It's more like oh we're just different now, but there's a respect and a love there, and I think that's also okay. But it is obviously very bittersweet, you know. I understand. Yeah. Um, I had that happen with, um, and still to this day he'll call me his best friend, and I'd like to think that, um, my friend Chris Mendeck, he moved to Florida, and for a while there we were visiting, I was visiting him, mm-hmm. and he started dating this girl, uh, we'll call her, uh, we'll call her Shayla, I don't want to say her real name. Yeah, okay. Um. It's actually Shayla, she's just putting one over on you. Ah, uh, you figured me out, <laughs> no! Yeah. Um, but she wasn't a huge fan of how close Chris and I oh, yeah. were. And um, Chris and I never dated. I mean, there was a couple times where we both got a little intoxicated, right. but nothing actually ever happened. Nothing physical actually ever happened. So um, he's not allowed to actually talk to me. Yeah, like that's a big issue as well. Like, Because um, I feel like if you're going to be in a relationship with someone, you're going to be in a relationship with all of them. And you have to accept that, and that there are going to be certain things that they do that you don't necessarily like, but you have to kind of just go, okay, that's who they are, you know what I mean? And if you're close with people, you kind of have to just go, okay, they're close with people, well, that doesn't lessen our relationship any, you know? And that's the thing, I was never trying to be pose a threat to her. I do respect the fact that um, she is... Um, they now have a child together, and I've hmm. told him I've made it very clear that the last thing I'm interested in is making life more difficult for of him. Course, yeah. And um, I've said to her, I said to her before she finally, she's like, you cannot talk to him. I was like, I'm going to respect your wishes, but I do, um, I do want you to know that I also respect the fact that you are with him, and I am not trying to steal him away from you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's the thing. My philosophy, I'm like the opposite in relationships. If there's something that, like, if I'm dating someone and they make um, someone, one of their friends does something that I feel like is disrespectful to me yeah. or the relationship that I have, mm-hmm. um, I'll let my significant other know, but I'm not going to, act, I'll let my significant other know that that action that they per- 
affected and made me very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like if one of like if I'm dating a a woman or I'm dating a dude and somebody that they've hooked up with continue to send them advances even though they're aware that we're dating. Yeah. That's I, I feel like that's slightly disrespectful unless it's under slightly. I, unless it's understood at the beginning of the relationship, if it's an, an exclusive relationship, no, no, no. then I feel like us. Uh, I feel like there should be an understanding that like you don't get booby pictures from anyone except me. And mm-hmm. if you want to receive booby pictures from somebody else, if you want to receive like naked like naked pictures from somebody else besides me, let's have that discussion before it happens because yeah. it's not something I'm closed off to. I just want to talk about it, understand. Yeah, it's all about communication. Like, exactly. that's 100% of why all relationships end up not working well, I feel like. It's just, you got to learn how to talk to each other well. And, and if you can't do that, then get help for that, I guess? Work on that? I don't know. Yeah, I feel yeah. like regardless of where you're at, though, in life, you should always be reaching for that next. You should always push to improve it because perfect, uh, the perfect human does not exist. Yeah, no. Actually, perfect human does exist hmm. and their name being John Jacob Jigelheimer Schmidt damn it he read my mind yes God. but there's a great quote from Goodwill Hunting it's like of course they're not perfect but what you have to figure out is whether or not you're perfect for each other you know and that sort of thing and even then it's like it's a whole lot of work people are work because people want all different things all the time and blah I agree. People yep. are uh, <laughs> real ignorant sometimes. Yeah. Um, you okay, buddy? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just trying to focus my brain parts. Um, so, you grew up in Texas. What? So, was there... How much encouragement did you get to go into the arts? Because Texas does have kind of a reputation of being incredibly conservative and practical. Uh, well... I have always been kind of like, uh, my brothers and my, uh, I come from a decent sized family, so I, um, I have currently, I have three brothers and two sisters, um, two biological brothers, one stepbrother, uh, one stepsister, and one biological sister. Okay. And those are the, my biological siblings were all from the same mom and dad. Okay. So there's the original four. Yeah, the fat four. Yeah. Fat four. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you have you come from a family. And Large family, yeah. I'm I'm always uh, I've always been a little off and different. So okay. it wasn't necessary. My dad's always been like, you need to make sure that you have a career. And I think that and up until recently, as recently as last year, <laughs> he didn't think that I was capable of ma- making anything viable out of yeah. the arts. Um. So it wasn't necessarily encouraged, but it wasn't discouraged. It was very indifferent. Huh. My mom hesitated early on to do anything with us because she was in the pageant world. She was competed. She was Miss Teen. She was Miss Texas. She was Miss Teen Houston. Uh, okay. One year you can't compete. Two years in a row, uh-huh. she was Miss Teen. Uh, she was Miss Teen. Anyway, she was a beauty queen. Mm-hmm. She was Miss Teen Texas. So that's, um, she was scared of getting me into that. I wasn't necessarily discouraged, but it's not like, there's not, um, there's not an outpouring of support. Okay. In that area. 
it's more so like make sure you make good grades in school and get a good job because if you don't then your life is fucked that kind of um kind of explains your feistiness because you're like very adamant about things and i it, like that's a good quality i think yeah i like that i am i used to resent the fact <laughs> <laughs> that i was very adamant about things but mm-hmm. i realized that being very decisive about stuff is good yeah. because um, it gives you, and I feel like uh, like I was very hesitant about that quality up until I would say three years ago, four years ago, um, where it really started doing me some good because mm-hmm. I, like, there was things that I was very adamant about and I was, um, that's when I really started getting serious about, you know what, damn it, I'm very passionate about the arts. I'm gonna start making a career out of these things. And when, yeah. especially when I started, when I directed my short film, yeah. there was I was saying I was like, no, I need this shot to be this way. And because the short film was based on a real life experience, yeah. I had a very clear, distinct vision of how everything needed to happen. Of course, yeah. So, yep. So. And there's like this fine line of like, um, I feel like with everyone, every across the board, everyone has to be like. I want this thing, I'm going to go after it, but I'm going to have to be polite about it, because if you start, like, but if you, because if you start just acquiescing to everyone else's stuff, you don't get anything for yourself, and you don't go any further, and that's a hard thing, I know, personally, that's a really hard thing that I have to balance out, because, um, I was, you know, raised to be very polite, and put other people before myself, and that was very, just a hundred percent what I was taught to do, and, which is a good thing, I think it's a good moral thing, but it, it leads to, like, I'll feel guilty if I'm like, I want to go home first from work, but when I shouldn't, because it doesn't matter, it's fine, I have the right to go and do it, it's like, walking that line of being just selfish enough, but also giving enough, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's the thing that, um, and I know I was raised definitely to be that way, and I'm still, I still, um, I wake up in the mindset of, uh, I want to make sure that, um, the life, uh, I do something each daily to improve the life of others around me. I want yeah. the world to be a better place, mm-hmm. and sometimes I confuse wanting the world to be a better place uh, for putting myself in a place of misery because I yeah. too often enough I give 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 and then I put myself bet- uh, I find myself between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, and I think there's a difference between um, bringing people up and putting yourself down. You know what I mean? Is that does that translate? It does translate. Yeah. I um, am I struggle with putting myself down a lot and um, uh. Really doesn't help that either. Of course either. not. No, like, that's um. I, really, I would have imagined you would have had great self-esteem after doing that. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like that's why I'm shying away from it because I'm so I was reaching at like I was reaching high levels of success, but um after a while I was I was just like not I was not the happiest I could be. Mm-hmm. Like I was not living my highest quality of life professionally. I was doing really well. I got to do the Super Bowl of modeling, which I consider to be walking in a major fashion week. Yeah. I got to do that. I've got mm-hmm. I got invited to do that again this year. Will I do that? No, because it's not what's going to benefit me in the long run. Yeah. And I think you have to like. I think we all struggle with this thing every day. We wake up and we tell ourselves a lie, and that's I'm not going to die today, um, which we don't know that. And I think the. the 
you should kind of accept that. This is kind of jumping, like, logically, but I think you kind of, should kind of accept that. And because of that, you try... If you accept that, you try to make the quality of your life better because you don't know how long it's going to be. You don't have any idea, idea what the quantity of your life is going to be. You have no control over that. So you, but the thing you do have control over is how well you can benefit yourself and other people around you and how happy you can make yourself and other people. And I think that's the most important thing to do. I th that's very... That's that hits the nail on the head. Actually, yeah. I am. Um, I feel the same way because for so long I let fear and anxiety and oh. negativity rule my life, and um, just now I just can't. Like you get to a point, I you you get to a breaking point where you're either like I'm going to come, I'm going to work through this, mm -hmm. and I'm going to try and improve, or you're. Or you know what you say, fuck it, and you kill yourself. Like that's like <laughs> so dark. Yeah, it's like well, but on the one hand, on the other, okay. Um, but it is also this thing of um, there's this misnomer that benefiting yourself doesn't benefit other people. Whereas like I know since I've started like working on being a better person in general, people around me are happier. If that makes sense, because if you know how to handle yourself and you know how to. Yeah, handle yourself. I'm gonna keep with that. If you know how to handle yourself, you can be a better and more positive influence on people. Because when you are depressed or you are anxious or something, you if you look at that, recognize that's what it is, and go, okay, we'll put this in a box. I'm gonna keep it to myself. I'm gonna deal with it personally, and I know how to do that because um, you're yeah, you're fine. Um, if you know how to do that personally and like know how to deal with it just on your own you're okay and then you don't take away from anyone else's day by being any sort of draining and I think that's um the older I get the, the better I get at that and the more important that I see it is because like you should you know you don't get me wrong you should have people you can go to and be like this is how I feel and please help um but also, at the same time, you only have one person with you your entire life, and that is you. So. I feel like, yeah, you have to get okay with living in your own head. You have to get okay with yourself, and that's what's been the same thing. It's just mm -hmm. I saw my life dramatically change and transform because I started to, I just, I, I sat down, and I was like, God damn it, I'm going <laughs> to get okay with myself. And yep. The same thing, like we talked about at the beginning. You're gonna be okay with yourself, <laughs> damn it, right? Come hell or high water. Yeah. And here's the thing, like, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I've sometimes I've reached that point where I'm like, fuck it, I'm just gonna kill myself. But yeah. I also have an extreme fear of missing out. So it's a <laughs> ridiculous dichotomy. Yeah, no, I did that. Like, oh, if I kill myself, well, like, I'm not gonna be here next week to see that. And like, whoa, yeah. what if they do cool stuff without me? Like, <laughs> I was really depressed, this, like, last year. And I was like, oh, God. And then I thought... Well, if I die, if I kill myself, I won't see the new Star Wars movie. And so, like, that was a huge thing. Like, that sounds so shitty, but, like, that was a big part of my life. I was just going, you know, you gotta make it to December. Because you gotta see that movie. Because if you die not knowing what happens, what kind of fucking moron are you? And, like, now they're releasing one every year. So every year I have a new reason to live. Uh, Disney has given me a new reason to live every year. Disney, I tell you, it's <laughs> saving lives. Like, yep. 
It's more than just Star Wars and princesses. Yep, it's like they're gonna start releasing a twelve-step program, that sort of thing. It's gonna be amazing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But um, and we've talked only a little bit about this, like uh, in our personal life. But um, uh, you have like a uh, ADHD and like a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, um, what would be your biggest? I'm trying to record a thing here, police officer. Um, so fucking rude of them. Yeah. God. Barney. I'm sorry. Um, so, uh, what would be your biggest advice with coping, specifically with anxiety and stuff? like? Uh, coping with anxiety is um, a stat. If you find you, if you feel like you're in too deep, Yeah. my biggest piece of advice would be to make sure that you have a um, you have a safe something you have a grounding spot. If you find yourself having a panic attack, there's all like uh, or an anxiety attack, you uh, need to you know count five things you can see, count five things you can smell, count five things you can taste around you. Like it's making sure that you ground yourself. It's called grounding, and then have this comfort thing. Like if you get too anxious, the and just make sure that it's not something, it's not like a rut that you fall into, but if you get too anxious, create a plan for yourself. Create a safe space. Like, for me, my thing is, if I'm getting too anxious, I'm getting too homesick or worked up, yeah. I have to sit down. I, I need to go home, and I need to sit down. Mm-hmm. And sometimes home is the place that makes me anxious. Like, currently, right now, yeah. sometimes I get super fucking anxious where right, I'm living. But what I do is I just listen. I turn on 30, 30 Rock. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm, I get you. 30 Rock, and then there's, um, I can't get it here because they don't sell this brand of chocolate milk in New York. Okay. But it's Promised Land Chocolate Milk. Okay. Now sponsored by Promised Land Chocolate Milk. Could you sell? Yes. Uh, also, made in Texas. Okay. Um, but that's, those so are these So it's a 10-gallon jug. Ha! <laughs> Ha! Ha! Ba-da-bum. But yeah, so that's what you do? You just like sit uh, down and eat? I just, I watch some 30 Rock and I just like decompress. I take some deep breaths mm-hmm. and I do my thing. I count and I make sure and then I have to audibly say, I either have to audibly say, mm-hmm. it's either like non-verbally or verbally say out loud, this is just temporary. You're mm-hmm. going to get through this. This is just temporary. You're mm-hmm. going to get through this. Yeah. There's um that, uh, it's part of, I think we have the alcohol economic anonymous program of uh uh you you, a guy it's a a, a metaphor a guy calls his sponsor yeah he's like i'm freaking out man i'm freaking out i i i I need to drink i can't i'm I'm, i I can't do this and his sponsor goes okay what are you doing he's i'm just at home i'm sitting on my couch i'm at home i'm I'm alone and his his sponsor goes well you're just a guy on a couch that's all you're doing right now that's all that's happening and it's kind of making sure it's a metaphor for like making sure you are present and engaged. Also, that technique is um, from cognitive behavioral therapy. So, do, is that something you found on the internet, or have you been through cognitive behavioral therapy, or what? Um, I was have I've had like um, cause like in the state of Texas, and I get I don't know if it's like a thing nationally. You have to doctors, not like regular doctors, cannot mm-hmm. prescribe. Uh, cannot prescribe controlled substance medicines. Okay. Uh, 
And I would like to preface that by saying I'm no longer on my medication, Mm -hmm. and um, I feel a lot better off of it, but that's because I've learned how to cope without it. Um, Yeah, and I know different strokes for different folks, you know? I've never been... um, I've never been to a uh, therapist. Okay. But um, I have this way of most. Of, I'm able to think or figure out my way yeah. out of most situations. So if I feel like I'm reaching an impasse, all it takes is me is sitting there for a couple of hours and really thinking about the situation. Mm-hmm. Your mind is an incredible tool that can be you have to it's not just going to automatically benefit you you have to make it work for you and i feel like that's how i've created things like that i've I've read up i've tried to understand what how my brain is how my brain works these are chemical imbalances so how do Mm -hmm. i counteract those Mm -hmm. how do i come to a state of homeostasis if you will yeah and um it's just uh looking out for number one not in a selfish (laughs) way but looking out for number one is uh goes hand in hand with that yeah you can't pour out of an empty cup so like you can't help people until you're okay to help people um that's interesting though that you came to that like kind of by yourself because that's something like my therapist we did we do that exercise in in our sessions and so forth of like finding five things and calming down that way um and because it just makes you more present um yeah there was something else i was going to say it's gone forever Michelle, you look so beautiful. I can hardly speak. I get it. Yeah, I get it. Uh, that's definitely what it was. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you sweet. caught me. You, 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 you see the intent behind my eyes. I'm giving her the Forest Whitaker eye. You can't see it, but I'm doing it. So, so. Oh, can I push my eyeball that way? Oh, God, oh please don't do that. Please stop that. That's disgusting. Please don't touch your eye. I just touched my eye, and it hurts real bad. Okay, well, that's what you get when you touch your. Wouldn't your mom ever tell you not to touch your eyes like that? To be honest, my mom uh, hasn't really told me a lot of useful advice. I love her, but... That's fair. Like, knowing what, you know, people are good for. You know, that just, that's never a negative thing. Like, that's, like, that is something, like, um, I'm really bad at certain things, and I'll say that, and people go, oh, no, I'm like, no, it's just self-awareness. It's not, it's not like I'm putting myself down. I mean, that's saying... Yeah, I know what you're saying, and I take that back. But, you know, my mom has, um, as our relationship has developed in the latter years, Mm -hmm. um, we have, uh, she has been giving me some useful advice. She has kind of, you know, helped guide me as it's gone on, but uh, it was a rough start. Yeah. Oof, it was a rough start. (laughs) That's fair. Um, So what made you uh, start to do stand-up? I did stand up because I goddamn I wish I could point it I wish I could point it to This sounds like a scholarship essay. I do stand up because blank. Please help me get into this program. Sorry, continue. Um Cool Kids Club. Yeah. Um Yeah. Stand up comics are really cool. They're all like not dejective and the outcasts of society at all. I uh, nope. Uh, that is uh, we are the coolest and yep. most rich the people. Suave, very suave. Very suave. Um, I got into comedy because of honestly, uh, watching things like uh, Thirty Rock and okay. SNL. Right SNL on. really. I saw an episode of uh, when I was six years old, and it was um, Chris Farley hosted <laughs> episode. So it was. In the 90s. Yeah. Um, that just kind of, like, I remember realizing that 
I have the ability, I could possess the ability to create freedom from concern. Yeah. And I wanted that. I, I wanted, I know that it made me feel good. And from the point, from the, I, from the time I was little to this very present day, I've always wanted to make people feel better and make mm-hmm. the world a better place because God, is there so much like chaos yeah. and violence and turmoil right now. If you can, if everyone would just work a little bit harder each day to brighten someone's mood, um, that was my intent going into it, and mm-hmm. my reasons for continuing to do it have just evolved, but that's what originally got me into it, is the desire to create freedom from concern for others. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel like I had a very similar reason for going into acting, because it was the one place where I wasn't worried about everything and everyone, because there's no way to... And specifically, I also like I yeah. With stand-up comedy, I feel like it's a little different in as much as there is like a way you can fuck up, which is like if people don't laugh at you. But even then, it's like it doesn't matter. Um, and that's always kind of how I felt about performing because there's no wrong answers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And because you can kind of just there's you can do whatever you want, and people kind of go, okay, I guess I'm watching you do this, and and that's something wonderful. Whereas, I feel like. Um, when I'm dealing with actual people, I'm often like putting myself in boxes and cages, and I'm going, "You can't say this. You don't. You can't behave with them in this way because of this reason, this reason, this reason, this reason." And part of that is good because it keeps you like from doing stupid shit. But on the other hand, it's I say um, uh, self awareness is like the the immune system for piss poor behavior. Anxiety or neurosis is like having lupus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. you just <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good analogy. Yeah, because that's what it is, and so you have to like find once again you have to find that balance and stuff, which is kind of difficult. I would say that um, I am. Uh, I would say that I'm. I recognize that I possess certain things that would be qualities that would be problematic to yeah. others, and um, if I ever feel that it really becomes strains a relationship or an interaction with someone else, I apologize and I let them know I am so sorry. Yeah. I'm trying to be self aware. I am trying to improve yeah. on it. Um, but also, I've gotten to the point where I'm just like, fuck it. I don't care. Like the other day, um, not the other day, it was like uh, maybe three weeks ago, uh, four weeks ago, almost a month ago at this point. Ages back. Ages ago. Yes, ages back, you had this encounter. I had this encounter. And I just uh, happened to be strolling through Midtown mm-hmm. after leaving a job interview, and I was wearing a dress. And I stopped to use the restroom at Gregory's Coffee, and um, my dress was tucked into the back of my underwear. Very nice. And there was uh, not a lot of fabric to the underwear, so it was my butt. Yep. From, like, 31st Street to Grand Central, so for a good 12 blocks, not until I sat down on the Metro North. Oh, buddy. Did... It was made like, aware. Nobody, nobody. How did you not be like, miss? It was okay. It was one of those things where, so I have to carry a backpack uh-huh. if I'm bringing like my resume or something with me. Yeah, I, yeah. It was, I just because it was my backpack was up against my backside and I just didn't. I, I don't know. Things like this happen to me. I want to say that this isn't a normal occurrence, but damn it, I'm too busy in being in my own head and thinking of shit <laughs> and creating shit to worry about the finite details of how my hair looks or is my butt showing. <laughs> I was... 
I was writing a poem and I couldn't be bothered to realize my ass was in the wind. No. You know what? Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> What's the worst thing that can happen? Somebody sees my butt. Oh, well, good for them. It's awesome. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Enough um, about my butt. Yeah. All right. All right. Fine. So, um, I don't have anything planned then. I, I, I was planning on spending the rest 20, the, you know, the, the 20 minutes talking about your butt. So, I don't... What? No! Yeah, no, I There's don't have anything. I think we're done here. I think what we're done here. What about my clavicle? Let's no, talk about my clavicle. clavicle ain't classical. Like, it's fine. Uh, maybe your sternum. I don't know. I got mad sternum game, boy. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't see this, but I'm caressing my sternum yeah, very I'm gently. Yeah, I'm a little uh, I'm uh, I'm a little uncomfortable with this. Oh no, um, it's fine. So, do you think? Uh, so, you're fine. I'm not actually okay. Um, so I assume like the the wanting to be free from like thinking is the reason you went into performing in the arts. Yeah, like because. I do. That's kind of what I gathered, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly why. Um, and the also to, like, also the desire to create art and just live and be for art. I feel like I've done something, it sounds so silly and cliche, but I decided from very early on that my heart and my life would always belong to art because it is such a noble cause. I'm not putting mm. negativity out into the world. I am putting something creative out into the world, and some might view it as negative, but fuck them, because I'm awesome. Yeah, I mean, yes and no. Um, rebuttal, which is, um, like, if someone thinks what you're putting out is negative, then that's correct, because, you know, they believe that. But that that's also good, because figuring out why something doesn't work for you will help you become more self-aware anyway like if i go oh man i really don't like this movie okay why because it had this 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 and this and then you figure out more about yourself that way yeah that's a really good point yeah i think the most important question anyone can ask themselves are okay why do you feel this way that's the best question to ever ask anyone including yourself and i think that's gonna just creak crackle um the chair um, I think that's also what changed my um, coping ability with with repetitive thought and anxiety was going, okay, why are you feeling this way, buddy? And you kind of stop, and you go, okay. And once you stop that thought train from going off the tracks, you, it's a lot easier to deal with, I find. Exactly. And um, that's another thing. Like, That's an excellent point is... Why do you feel this way? Why is this happening? Really logically think about something. Um, like I had this, I just get an extreme amount of anxiety. Like at work, I always feel mm -hmm. like I'm close to losing my job. But in a weird way, that anxiety and fear motivates me to do better, mm -hmm. making sure I hit all of these points. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe I'm not getting any better. Who the fuck? Who the fuck knows anything? Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure that people know things. It's just that how. I use, maybe I'm not even getting better, maybe I'm not being happier, but I'm using and harnessing what affected me negatively, and I'm harnessing it to push myself to be better. Oh, yeah. Um, I think about these things, like, why are you feeling this way? So, if, like, say in a situation, why am I pissed off? Mm-hmm. I, like, I was watching, I was watching Pitch Perfect 2. Okay. 
And I stopped at 30 minutes in, and I was like, this film is garbage. <laughs> and I realized, I was like, too many of the jokes are cliche. The timing isn't right. It's lazy joke writing. It mm-hmm. is, uh, it's overacting. It's uh, not enough originality, creativity. And then I'm like, okay, well, why are you shitting that? Why do you feel this? Mm-hmm. It's a self-discovery, yeah. Yeah. I discovered a lot about myself, so thank you, Pitch Perfect too. <laughs> like, like, okay, um, that sounds like you're kind of being glib about it, but like that is actually what happens because it's the most random. I think it's the most random stuff that makes you go stop and go. Oh man, I just realized this about myself, and now I have to live with the fact that this is how I am. And if I don't like it, I have to learn how to change it. That's probably gonna take a lot of work. Um, and like because like a song will play and one lyric will hit and then that sets off a train of thought and you're just like going on and it's just it seems so random what will actually make you more self-aware but I think the more self-aware you can be the better of a person you are Um, but yeah I totally agree with the like taking something negative and transmuting it into something positive um like, I'm constantly aware that I could, like I was saying earlier, like, I could die today. I'm constantly aware that because of that, I'm like, how do I want to be remembered? I'm going to behave like a good person because I want people to speak well of me once I'm gone. Number one. Number two, I'm going to try and make something that's going to live past me. And it's kind of weird, I think, in as much as, like, I'm 24 next month, and but, like, I'm so concerned with my legacy which is something, like, an old person generally deals with. Like, around 73, I feel like you're like, oh, man, what have I done with my life? Whereas I'm, like, like a third that age. I'm like, God, I I haven't done enough. What am I doing? That's exactly, that's, and there's the thing. I also am, I'm 26. Yeah. And I just, I am an old person mentally, emotionally, everything. I am old. My knees my knees hurt all of the time. <laughs> I wonder oh. where the fuck is my icy hot indenture cream all <laughs> of the time. You're such a schlep. Why do we have to go all the way to that bodega even? Yes, I know. Um, the arches of my feet. No, but <laughs> <laughs> everything. My wrist. Oh God. Hey. Um, but also I'm like very concerned with um not fucking around and mm-hmm. utilizing my time to best benefit me now and in the long run yeah so that's when i like i got to i got to new york on june 5th yeah and within that month i have gone on a good number of auditions i have definitely landed one project mm-hmm. that's being happened that's happening on july 9th that's make it's being made on july 9th and um also i just and i've gotten a huge i have a huge number of high level auditions coming up currently and it's just because and people, like, I get messages, people say, oh, you know, that's amazing, you're doing great things, wow, I yeah. can't believe it, you're so brave. I'm not brave, it's just... I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid, and I'm determined, and the only thing, of course, it takes talent, yeah. and focus, and hard work. There are many facets to success, but, and another component would be how you define success, what success yeah. means to you, but all you have to do in your mind is make, like, you have to make up in your mind that this is my goal and I am meeting this goal and once you like you say it out loud you mm-hmm. really you're 
really believe that and you're, it really sinks into your heart, then everything else gets on board. Your life transforms. Um, and what I, what I mean is, like, if I want to save up for something like new headshots or acting classes and I say, and I, like, write it down and say out loud, I'm going to get new headshots and I'm mm-hmm. going to get new acting classes, that means that I'm going to say no to... Uh, I'm going to say no to, you know, going out as often. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, you don't get to go out and, like, hang out with friends or, uh, like, I'll be I'll be honest, like, I used to smoke pot, like, quite frequently. Yeah. Uh, but I made the decision that I'm not going to let my uh, time, in, uh, I have a limited number of resources. Yeah. And I'm only going to de- dedicate those resources towards the improvement and furtherment of my career and the betterment of myself and others around me. Good. I think I think that's a good place to probably stop because that seems like very succinct. That's your like mission statement as Michelle. Can we? Um, where can I go to see your stuff? Do you have a website? You... I do not have a website yet. My agent is helping me currently. Oh, by way by the way, I love my agent. Her name is Summer Ayala, and I'm with Meraki's Models and Talent. All right. Um, so, uh, you can see my stuff, just, you know, look me up on Facebook. Um, you can find me at, uh, underneath, search my name, Michelle Neat, on, uh, at Twitter, I'm at Michelle underscore Neat one on Instagram, I'm at G, I'm Neat. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if you just search Michelle Neat, there's not a lot of us. No. I'm, like, one of maybe three in the United States, so. The rest are in Bangladesh. Yes, The Bangladesh. other seven times, the other 17. Yep. The other 17. All right. Yep. Yes. Okay. Well, good. 